0: Hey Culture Hackers, just wanted to do an intro for this episode. For everybody who is mainly a business subscriber, just wanted to tell you, we go all into the culture of dating for this one. So if you're more focused on all my talks and work on organizational culture and the bigger business perspective, um, this isn't that kind of podcast, just giving you the heads up. We're talking all about the current culture of dating. So with that, here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Culture Hackers. We're here with my co-host, as usual, Jill. Hi, Jill. Hi, Robbie. Hi. And today we have our guest, Adam Gilad. Welcome welcome to the podcast. Why, thank you. so good to have you here. It's good to be had. I got to say, I think you might be... Oh, I don't know. What does that mean? (laughs) Jeez, getting dirty already. Um, What... You were one of the most interesting people in the world. Like that... I oh, thank you. That, that Dos Equis commercial. It's kind of like you. You know, you've... I've heard that. You've done every... You've, you've done heard it, that you're the most interesting no, person in the
1: world? No, I've
2: been... I've... Second most interesting. <laughs> Next second the to Dos the Dos Equis Dos Equis guy. man. My
0: mother said I was. My brother, of course, is the first. Because you... I mean, you've, you've written for, for TV. You, um, you start off in Yeshiva. Yeah.
2: Right? Yeah. Emmy nominated... Emmy nominated. Wall Street. Managed the fourth biggest band in the world when I was 25. Have you failed enough things over the course of a lifetime? Yeah, I've been failing failing sideways for a long time. But great (laughs) stories. Great stories. I can't believe he managed
0: one of my favorite bands of all time. Which band did you manage? In Excess. I was a business manager. Wait. Yeah.
1: No, no. And I'm not just saying this. Anyone who hears this podcast will know I am the world's biggest fan of In Excess with Michael. If you touch me...
2: You will have touched someone who spoke with Michael. Oh. <laughs> I can't say I actually touched him. We might have, we you might just, have fallen asleep just on made, each other's shoulders. You
1: just made my afternoon. <laughs>
0: yeah, big time.
1: Here, big huh? time. All right.
2: Yeah. And Let it. me tell you, I, when I was I was 25, I got pulled off of Wall Street because they thought, well, I was Jewish, and they figured I knew how to run businesses. <laughs> and in fact, I'd been sleeping in a, <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a hovel in Jerusalem for two years for $50 <laughs> a month. But I was on Wall Street, and uh, they pulled me in, and I'm... <clears throat> um, I remember standing on a stage in Australia in a stadium between speakers that were twenty five feet high, looking out at fifty thousand screaming fans as Michael was singing. And I sort of poked my head out on stage and I looked at them all just looking up at him like he was a god and I just slapped my forehead and go like rock star. Jesus, rock star! Why didn't I think of that? (laughs) Where was my guidance counselor? Seriously, (laughs) like lawyer, accountant,
0: rock star. (laughs) But now you are an internationally recognized dating expert, and we're going to talk about culture of dating. Yeah, interesting,
2: very interesting subject,
0: really interesting. Yeah, Yeah. I've got some rants on it to go on too. Oh, good. Yeah, some rancid dates? No rant. Oh, Oh, rancid? No, not rancid. I've come across that myself. <laughs> and you're now doing dailydater.com.
2: Yeah, so long story, really long and boring. So I've been a writer all my life, really, is my, was my passion. Mm-hmm. And I actually ended up on Wall Street because I wanted to get to Hollywood. And I met with a very high-powered person on Wall Street, hoping he'd know someone in California, which seemed like a world away when I was a kid in New York. And this is back in the 80s.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And... Uh, And he goes, you're a smart kid. Why don't you come work for me? And I'm like, I don't know anything. I never took a business class in my life. Three weeks later, I was a licensed broker. So anyone who thinks being a broker is difficult, (laughs) okay, I studied, took the test. I'm in a suit, okay, Um, because I want to be a writer, really. And then I rationalize it, of course, when I'm 25. If you're 25, pay attention. (laughs) I rationalize the thing. Well, I'll learn so much. It'll be good for my writing, which is actually kind of true. But then writing eventually brought me to, to my PhD program and then ultimately to Hollywood. And then when I became single and I have an article in Huffington post saying I didn't get divorced. I got single I'm very into reframing. Mm-hmm. We both are, you know, mm-hmm. how do you hack your own mind? Right? So I never say I got divorced. I always say I got single when I got single. I didn't know how to date because I'd been married So I was 23. Yeah, so and I was ashamed. I, I, I had two kids I had no work because all three of my movies had been canceled. So now I'm 39 pretty well educated zero income and no way to make income This is 2000. This is before the this is before the internet and, uh, and I really just felt awful about myself and didn't know how to meet women. I'd never been on a date. And the only thing I could do in the beginning was go to a business networking, you know, I looked, on, there wasn't online, a newspaper, and there was a business networking <laughs> thing in Santa Monica, and I figured I could network with someone who has breasts. That's like dating, right? <laughs> I didn't know what to do. <laughs> anyway, so I was hopeless, but I'm a really good writer. I taught poetry at Stanford, you know, I mean, i a writer, all that kind of thing. Yeah. And um, when I discovered online dating, I was like, Hmm, I could sit at home and write to them. That's so much easier than going out and trying to figure out how to meet girls. Because I really had—I I literally had no idea how to do it. Yeah, and uh, and that became sort of my new passion: figuring out the language of connection, and the language of seduction, and the language of intrigue. So that's how I got into this whole dating business. It was totally unintentional. Yeah. I was writing a movie for Disney at the time and um, wrote a quick book for men on how to communicate. To women in the language that women's hearts actually feel Okay Right And that was the beginning of everything That's how I got here Got it Yeah and you know then of course Went through the whole process of being single And you know
0: moving toward love So then you've seen this whole evolution From going from just networking events To friendster to match to the, the, the entire progression of what's happened through or dating. Through devolution. Right? Yeah. Do you feel that way? Does well, yeah.
2: I mean, in a, in a sense, we talk about culture. I but mean,
1: then running full circle, but go ahead.
2: Well, there is a devolution in, in terms of the technology because you know, 1800s, right? Your family would go over and meet their family. Mm-hmm. There'd be a lot of social investment, right? Totally. 1950s. You date, you would woo each other and you'd get to know each other, you know, uh, when when online dating came along, you would still write a whole profile. So there was some personal investment. Now you swipe right, swipe left. There's zero personal investment and everything's disposable. And of course that's part of general culture as well. Um, so in in a sense it's devolved. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean the the way I've seen it, 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 it hit me how much it's like gambling. You know, like, if you watch, talk about Vegas, Vegas casinos, where you see people with slot machines, and they're just getting zoned out, going, pulling the bar down, Mm -hmm. but then you get these occasional little flips of, oh, here's $5, here's a free drink. And meanwhile, and, and the same and keeps you going. online. Yeah, yeah, I got a like. I got a text. And in the casino, there's those pictures of somebody who, who won mm-hmm. big. And, and don't you know somebody who met online? In fact, Match.com, their commercials now say, hey, don't you know somebody who, who met online? Yeah. Why aren't you online?
2: 25% of marriages now start online.
1: So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump forward because I'm curious. Sure. Jump, right? Jump, so jump. today, let's say today you're single from exactly where you were, were when, you're, when your marriage When I became single. When you became single. When I
2: emerged into the field of singlehood. Yes.
1: How would you handle this this world of? If I became single now, Mm
2: -hmm. it depends what my goal was. Mm -hmm. You know, my goal now is not what my goal was 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my goal 15 years ago, I I called ego bunking. You know, enough sex that I felt good about myself again, so then Mm -hmm. I could start sort of wipe my eyes and see what reality was. But I couldn't until I felt good about myself. So, you mean if I was not me, if I was just a single person?
1: No, if you were you. If, well, <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, as it is, I am engaged. So, uh, thank you so much. And, um, and we met online, mm-hmm. by the way. and um, uh, So, it's, it's hard to answer because me now or me 15 years ago. If I was dating now, oh, I have a whole bag of tricks, um, depending on what I wanted. And that's the beautiful thing. It's for someone
1: who loves language so much, you meet online now. Yeah.
2: So what I would tell people, uh, it depends. If you want to meet, if you want to have lots and lots of sex, that's one question. If you want to have lots and lots of adventures, that's another question. If you want to push your edges and experience what it is to be a human being in a sexual body, Mm -hmm. that's another question. Mm -hmm. If you want to actually look for someone to have a great relationship, that's a different question. So right now, for most people, I would say OkCupid is your best bet because um, their algorithms are actually really good. Mm-hmm. So if you answer all those dumb questions and skip the ones that mean nothing to you, but really answer them, yep. your ninety-nine percent matches are going to be pretty damn close to who you are. So it's like it's that's like a free version of eHarmony. Essentially. Well, eHarmony is a fraud. What? So it's been proven to be a fraud. Yeah, Scientific American. Uh, Mind Magazine A few years ago
0: It's a total fraud
2: Their algorithms are stupid
0: I bet a lot's changed Over the years uh, I got some friends there It seems like it's a I don't know legit operation. Th- There was a
2: big article In Scientific American Mind Magazine I guess about three Four years ago huh. uh, And they just said It was a fraud It's not scientific Okay, Cupid for Harvard guys That's for real they really do their research. They have OkCupid Labs. They actually mm-hmm. study... But it's stuff. all. Bu- it was bought by Match.com. I wonder how so much So maybe, it's, that- And that is OkCupid, so maybe it's changed. Hmm. So I don't know. I haven't checked, but back in the day, it was a fraud. And also, um, what's the word? Um, anecdotally.
0: Oh, oh no. I meant OkCupid was bought by Match. Oh, okay. Yes. E-Harmony right. was
2: not. Yeah, yeah. E-Harmony, I, I consider it horrible.
0: Hmm.
2: Anyway, uh, the only thing about E-Harmony is that if you're seriously interested in marriage... And if you're not an edge pusher, okay, yeah. if, you're so, if you listen to Fox News or Mm-mm. if you, you know, watch mainstream TV, if you're a mainstream kind of person, which yeah. is fine, Fox News, by the way, is not fine. But if you watch mainstream TV and you're like a mainstream person, you want a mainstream life, uh-huh. it's self-selecting because people go on there to look for a spouse right. more than others. So there's a self-selection happening there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but in my like if in my position if I was a guy my age I'm 50 so yeah, what would I do um, I would do what I was doing before there are sites where you can which are much more exciting than the standard sites so what else are you seeing what are the trends you're seeing the trends I'm seeing in dating yeah well the big trend is Tinder I mean that's kind of the dominant trend and now there's a little swing back and nice that you use the word swing because Hinge is actually one of the more interesting sites that's come out. Uh-huh. You know what Hinge is? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so Hinge so, yeah, connects, you it. Yeah, it connects you with friends of friends. Yeah, connects you with friends of friends on Facebook. Yeah. So Tinder is total anonymity, and of course, Ashley Madison is gigantic. I don't think people understand how huge Ashley Madison is. Can you explain is. what that is too? Ashley Madison says, life short, have an affair. So the idea is it's supposed to be for married people, when in fact it's just lot, people want to hook just up. a lot of people
1: who want to hook up. A lot of people
2: right. want to hook up. Uh, Tinder, kind of yeah. like that as well because there's no social investment. Mm-hmm. Right, um that's been the big trend, and it's like anything you know you do that, it's fun and then it's frustrating for people who actually you, know, you go enough you go through enough of those um escapades or dates or whatever, and they say, you know I really want to meet somebody right. so then there's a switch happening. hinge connects people through their Facebook friends, like your friends and their friends, and will suggest I think it's one person a day or a couple people a day no
1: it's 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 more now, they've, mean, evolved it. now, now they've evolved it. now they've evolved
0: it yeah. So I wonder Do you think it's like You know there's that Tony Robbins story Everybody has a, uh, knows somebody With a story like this Where when he wanted To have a, a, a beer When he was young His mom said Okay but you have to drink All six beers in the pack Right And he drank it all He got sick And now he doesn't drink it all That's so like, funny I have
2: a story about Like Walmart's opening a brothel Like you can go But you have to sleep With 24
0: girls <laughs> So do you think it's, Do you think like Tinder has that effect That it's going to actually Be positive for relationships Because people will do that Get sick of it well, that's, what I, that's what I'm saying I think, yeah. that, I think there's this little Switch back the other way because some people would say that it's totally devolving in a bad way, but it sounds like that actually makes it a good thing.
1: But wait, can I can I break that? Go so you for don't it. think that's generational, right? You don't think you say you you say that you think that that it's actually swinging back on itself to some extent. But don't you think that's a little bit generational? I right? think it's a lot so, generational, right? So look,
2: there's like, look, like, okay. So here's my here's my big speech. All right. All right. So look, All right. so I studied a lot of crap at college for ten years. So, um, you know, Marx had this concept called economic determinism, mm. which fundamentally means that the economics of a time, economic structures will determine social structures, hmm. right, or ideologies, okay? okay? So um, in an ownership society, you have marriage. Now we have a lease option society. If Verizon sucks, you go to AT&T. If you don't like your Mazda, you get a Toyota. If you don't like any anything, your phone, if you like Apple, you get a Samsung. You know, everything has to perform, right? The positive side of this is that we live now in a culture where if someone's not performing, we move on. Right. And we someone who actually performs. Well, relationships don't, really behave that way. Mm -hmm. Relationships evolve over time. Um, And and I have a lot to say about that. But we're in a culture now where you lease, and if it doesn't perform, you move on to somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And while in some ways that's good for relationships in that you don't get stuck in abusive or static relationships, um, it's tough because the beauty of love really only happens when you go through the dark times together. You know, and you really, there's a sort of a three-step process. So I have a lot to say. So there's a three-step process to relationships. Like one of my great teachers and friends, Mark Goffany, talks about. um, And it actually comes from an 18th century Hasidic mystic. And he talks about the the process of love is submission, separation, and then what they call hamtaka, which is sweetness, right? So the beginning of a relationship, any relationship with anything, with a person. So I'm dating you. And there's submission. Oh, my God, I love you so much. I will go see The Notebook with you Mm -hmm. because I love you so much. And then a year later, do you want to see Notebook 2? I'm not going to go see that crap. I'm going to see Fury, you know? (laughs) And then, so what happened? God, what happened to our relationship? Well, something very natural happened. We submit ourselves to bond Mm -hmm. and then comes the process of individuation, right? Where you pull back a little bit and you say, okay, I gave myself over. Now I'm pulling back. Now People people call it power struggle. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of ways of, To talk about it but it's really about individuation like really now that you're in relationship defining yourself and when you get through that phase you emerge into what what in his in his you know uh, structure is called sweetness which is like a sweet love like of course i'll go see notebook with you i'll be miserable but i love you and that's part of relationship it's okay Mm -hmm. and so you you have to be able to get there and and in the culture where you know siri you know there's a new there's a new uh app called magic Mm -hmm. where you just say into it you go <clears throat> hey Magic, I need two bananas, a six-pack of Corona, uh, some two three reefers, and um and a massage. And they go, okay, one minute. And in a few minutes, they come back and they go, I can get all that to you within half an hour for you know $73. Is that okay? Yes. Boom. Done. What? New app. Yeah. I saw it demonstrated the other day. It's awesome. So everything's at your fingertips. All the pleasures, all your needs are at your fingertips. So why would you invest in someone who doesn't give you back what you want in the moment. Right. That's a problem for, for yeah. developing love over time. Right. On the other hand, it protects you from getting stuck in boring, horrible relationships. Interesting. It's like a paradox, huh? Well it's light and dark like anything. Yeah. Got it. All technologies have a light and dark. Right? True. All everything has I mean everything has a light and dark. Everything has a shadow.
0: Right. Right.
2: So, you know, you gain a little, you lose a little. Huh. I think we'll see a lot of changes we were a lot of changes. I mean, people, kids don't talk, you know, they don't, don't want to get married. The idea of married seems ridiculous. Like, why would I get married? Is, was, does your kid feel that way? Uh, no, you know, my kids, it's funny. <clears throat> my kids are super romantics. I mean, we, they, we grew, I would say we grew up together. Yeah. You know, I got single when they were like seven and ten. Mm. So they saw a lot. <sighs> yeah. And then when they start, you know, and I I was sort of an authority, and so people always ask me questions, and they they sort of saw, and we would study together. We'd go to dinner, and I'd bring books, and we'd talk about David Data. We'd, you know, read from
0: different books. And they're actually kind of romantics. Yeah. That makes sense. Have you guys been seeing this writing that's been coming out about addiction recently? Mm -hmm. Which yeah it's okay. it's some interesting stuff they' they're revisiting these experiments that showed that that addiction doesn't have to do with the drugs like they tested these rats and gave them a choice between water and cocaine water right. and mm-hmm. when they were alone with it, they just always chose the cocaine water. but when they when, had something to do when they had a whole right. world right. of rats playing and being friends, they were like, ah whatever i can I can leave it and that that the addiction is based on this isolation and, a lack. and loneliness yeah. and lack yeah. mm-hmm. and just I think that's where we're going with people are just alone with a screen as opposed to community like I think yes. if you weren't home with with your kids and all they had was their phones they yeah. might have that different view but because you were spending that time with them that they got a different
2: yeah it's true and they weren't well, they played some computer games but they weren't sort of they're musicians so they're always with other kids and they're always playing music together and they're, yeah. they're very social but have you seen there's a series called black mirrors yeah. Out of England. Wow. Yeah. It's good. a it's series on Netflix. on Netflix. Black mirrors are our screens that we look into. Yep. And it's just about the impact of technology on who people are. And it's, and it, you know, we can talk about that for millions of years. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're interacting with technology more than each other. Obviously, you go to a restaurant and right. there's, a, people line, there's a line of people waiting. Everyone's looking down. No one's talking to each other. I grew up crazy. in New York, right? People talk to each other in the streets. Everyone's got earphones on. Nobody talks to each other anymore. Yeah. People are probably super lonely out in the world. And I know they are people I work with, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've just never gotten to, I've never had the luxury of being lonely. Just but can up you? Kids. But
1: can I, can I have you go on that thread again? Cause basically you were saying there's light and dark and there's like a light and, d- light and yeah. dark as a result of um, sort of the addictive, lonely quality of, of online dating. But can you go on a thread of how someone actually breaks that routine, right? Someone who's actually seeking love who is like 25 or, or 22 or 25, and not in their 30s, not in their 40s, not in their 50s. How do you find that?
2: Well, I don't know if someone at 25 should be looking for love, frankly. Mm. it's Mm -hmm. another. Here's another sort of... I'm curious, why not? Well, here's another sort of meta thing that's happening in our culture. So, as we all know, back in the day when we were alive in the fifteen, sixteen hundreds, 1600s, or, you know, 2,000 years ago, you grew up in a village, and you knew, what, 150 people, Dunbar's number? You knew a certain number of people. Mm -hmm. And you were a blacksmith, or Goldsmith, or you cut wheat, or whatever your job was, and that was your life. In the last generation, kind of like my generation, sort of baby boomers, whatever, um, it became, wow, people are gonna have six careers, up to six, six different jobs, rather, within their life. Now, uh, our friend uh, Josh Tickell, um, has a he's a metal dude, he mm. has um, a movie coming out, he, he's an award-winning movie maker, um, documentary maker, about millennials, And oh yeah, and you you ask a millennial like, how long are you going to be on this job? It's like oh maybe eighteen months. Right. Yeah. There's no commitment. There's no. There's no sense that that um, anyone's going to be doing one thing for a long time. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing about relationship, Um, because we have all this information at our fingertips. Because we have the capacity to learn so much. People grow in like incredible spurts. And Rob and I, we've known each other a few years. We've seen this. Like some, someone will go to Peru and start doing ayahuasca or someone will get, become an entrepreneur and then dive into entrepreneurship. And suddenly they'll have a personal growth spurt. And their partner, who's working at Citibank or whatever, is going, ah, uh, what happened to our relationship? Oh. So if you get married at 25.
1: I'm not saying marriage.
2: Uh, or love relationship, you know, chances are um, this is going to happen anyway, I think. The, the meta truth is people are going to grow in spurts and they're not going to be parallel in the way that they used to be. Um, And I think it's going to create difficulties in relationships because someone's going to look at their partner and, oh, that person's not very interesting. I'm on fire. I'm into this thing now. And the other person, she might go into that thing now. And one person might want to just cozy up and be, you know, static or, you know, homey. And the other person wants to go out and, well, you mean I can go climb Kilimanjaro? I've got a bunch of friends climbing Kilimanjaro this week. Like, Mm. I can do that. I'm going to do that. <laughs> you don't want to do that? Why? What's wrong with now people start blaming and shaming? So there's going to be a a big shift I think as people get used to the idea that we're growing at different paces right. of accepting each other. And that's that's going to be a big shift for people to actually accept other people mm-hmm. as they are.
1: But can I just say one more thing? You can so about. you say so you so but what you said was you know, one of the things that has to happen in the in the nature of a relationship is there's a little bit of acquiescence, right? And don't you think that's... Totally. Don't you think that's key at like age 25 to learn a little bit of acquiescence before you become so used to being able to step away from something that dies or very quickly because there's not they're not caught up to you, You right? know,
2: the sad thing is, is that you learn that in childhood. You learn it in team sports. If anyone has kids, get your kids into team sports. Right. Seriously. Because if you're at home playing... I don't know, Halo, what do people play? Well, because there's a winner and there's a loser. Just, there's a clear winner and a well, loser. Well, no, that's li- not why, that's no? not why. Okay, team sports, ahead. team sports, because you, team, team. Got it. What's the word? Teamsmanship?
1: Uh, mm. Is there a word for this? <laughs> getting like along, sportsmanship? Get, sportsmanship, getting along with others,
2: being a team. Like, kid, Like if you're sitting at home playing Halo, it's just you. Or worse, you're sitting at home and watching Tang or whatever his name is, right. over in, uh, what's his name, uh, in Sweden. You guys don't even know this, right? We don't right? Even know who Pootie no, is. No, not Pootie Tang. Pootie Tang is a hilarious
0: movie. Yeah, that's all. Uh,
2: his name is. Yeah, uh, yeah, He's a guy in Sweden who plays. He's the most watched person on YouTube. He plays games and people watch him play. Oh, my God. I'm serious. Like, you couldn't mm-hmm. have. You know, George Orwell might have come up with this. What's his name? Something Pootie something. But um, But anyway, so you have all these kids at home alone. That's where you learn with brothers and sisters and on teams. That's where you learn to give and take. Right. You know, you don't start at 25. And it's the problem is with kids sitting at home playing. You know, you see babies. You go to restaurants. And I would do it if you had a little baby. They're on their iPads. Yeah. Little babies. You know, looking at baby porn, I guess. <laughs> Nipples.com. Like <laughs> you know, it's really funny. My kid who's now 24 when he's a kid. When we first moved down here, we were in. Uh, down by the beach, and we passed a newsstand, that were all kind of girly magazines, and he was in a stroller, and he looked up, and he pointed, and he goes, nursing books. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, those are nursing books. That's exactly what those are. It's all about nursing. <laughs> so I don't know if babies are looking at baby porn. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I was funny. Like, we were watching the nursing channel last night. That is correct. <laughs> very into <laughs> natural nursing.
1: Right. Got it.
2: <laughs> baby porn. So little kids are used to interacting with, with screens. Yeah. I mean, have you uh, you guys can't see me on the podcast, but I don't know if you've ever been with a girl, Rob, and you just like if she had small breasts, you just take your hand and you just go like with your hand like you'd make a screen bigger on an Apple product. <laughs> like, can I make Did that You just make that up right bigger? now. <laughs> I've actually done that. It didn't work. Well <laughs> oh, you see little kids like they'll they'll put their fingers on computers because totally. they expect it to re- or TVs, they expect it to react. Oh, right. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, if you want to make someone feel bad about small breasts, you just go. You just just have a child that. that suddenly wants the breast to, <laughs> <laughs> to enlarge. Yeah. They so, tell the truth. Yeah. So, I mean, love, look, look uh, yeah. we all know that love and, and your capacity to love and your habits around love start in childhood. Right. And we live in L.A. where everybody drops, you know, they leave the kids with, you know, Rosa. And they're, they're brought up by Rosa, you know. And they right. don't have, and then Rosa leaves them in front of the whatever screen. So. Yeah, that's really where it happens. Not a 25. Right. Fine. That's that's my belief. What it's worth. Huh. So how's the paracetam feeling? (laughs) So we were talking about smart drugs. Yes. So I had a big job yesterday. Uh, I think it's still running in me. Um, Awesome. I sat down and I wrote 18 basically chapters of what of product uh, for women. What's this product? Um. (laughs) It's about the how men use language and how to understand how to use language to sort of open men, help them to um, tell the truth, how to figure out
0: Really? Like what's an example? Yeah, we, we, we might just get a dating uh, hack, right? We uh, need to get some yeah. hacks. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is about culture hacking. We need to start getting into the hacks. What are What's Well, this? Uh, the, the ultimate hack for women, by the way, yeah. is don't believe anything he
2: says. What? <laughs> like see what he does. Okay. Right. right. Absolutely. But that's the
1: ultimate hack and
2: That is the ultimate hack in, in life. LA. Well, that's especially for men because men will basically say or do anything, right? Um, Yeah, Um, so what are some of the hacks about men? Well um, Here's 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 the here's one of the hacks two hacks for women And I and I use online dating because you can actually look at words Mm. But it works in the real in the real world in the flesh world as well so most women online if you look at their profiles uh, talk about characteristics, outer characteristics of men. Mm-hmm. I want someone who's tall, dark, handsome, has a good job, and has a car, and blah, 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 who plays tennis and likes Thai food. Who the fuck cares if he likes Thai food? What does <laughs> it have to do with
1: anything? <laughs> Nothing.
2: So the first thing I teach women is to specify the inner character of the man they really want, not the outer characteristics, mm-hmm. and in detail. And because when you do it in detail, what happens is, there's some guy who flips on his thing, and he starts reading through a profile, and he's like, oh, that's me. That's me. Oh, my God. That's me. I have a chance with this one. Like, and he'll really be enthusiastic about you. Mm-hmm. Whereas the players and the trolls and the mouth breathers and the knuckle draggers um, will read that profile and go, oh, I don't have a chance with her. Right. She knows what she wants. Right. Whereas most women go on and write, I love my family. I love my friends. And here's a picture of my cat. That's basically what mm-hmm. most profiles sound like to men. Right. And what women are really saying is love is the core of my life. But they're not saying in a language that men can hear. Mm-hmm. So I come along and I'm a player or a troll, a knuckle, knuckle dragger or a mouth breather. And I see someone who writes, I love, you know, I love my family. I like Thai food. I'm like, I'm going to take a shot at this one. She's kind of mm. cute. And you'll get all these dumb emails from all these dumb guys. But if you specify in detail the character, the inner character, and you frame it in the language of reward, which is a whole other hack... Because that wakes Wait, we men talk, up. So
1: talk about the language of reward.
2: Yeah. So men respond to rewards, right? Um, and we can go into the whole psychology of you know the male brain and the female brain. Right. But men's inner dialogue is basically: um, Am I winning? Am I losing? Mm-hmm. Do I have status? Do I not have status? Ah. And we could talk about that for a million years, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Women's inner mind is: Do I feel cherished, protected? Do I not feel cherished, or protected? Do I feel loved? Do I not feel loved? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so women naturally will speak to men in the language of. You know, love. Like you could, say to a, you could say to a man, I love you, and he'll, like, all right, whatever. We say, I admire you, and he'll go, really? Tell me more. Right. You know, because now I have status. Now men needed status yep. for, well, for 200,000 years of being human beings, because if you didn't have status within your tribe or community, mm-hmm. you didn't get the girls, you didn't get the resources, and you probably got kicked out and had to go wander and find somebody. Um, so status is survival for men. Yeah. So when, if women could speak to status in men, If so, what you do is, if you have this, if you're this kind of man, I've described, say, honesty, or responsible to community, your family looks at you as the rock, whatever it is that you Mm -hmm. happen to want in a man, and then say, a man like that, I will treat like a king from the moment you wake up to, you know, and then it's like, oh, there's a reward for that. So, men respond to status and reward. Women don't respond that way. Women respond to other things. So, that's how you have to hack into the psychology of the conversation that's already happening in someone's mind, which is marketing. Yeah, you mm-hmm. enter. What's that saying? You enter the conversation that people are already having. Right. right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Oh, and then. So the other thing I teach women is is to. Um, is to speak to a man's sense of victory. So they have to step out of their mentality and get into a man's mentality who's thinking, am I winning? Am I losing? Mm-hmm. Right. So I will win because this woman already likes her body. So say something how much you love your body, how you love to feel the water, uh, you know, when you dive into the waves, wash over your body. Well, that wakes men up. Oh, she loves her body. That's good. She loves to dance. She's happy in her body. Probably means good sex, right? If she says, here's a great sentence women never put in sometimes, Mm -hmm. they go, I like men. Well, there's a concept. Men are afraid that you're not going to like them, right? (laughs) I like men. I specifically like men who, and then go into detail. It wakes, oh, there's a victory here. Right. Cause a lot of women, you know, for good reason or frustrated, you know, put up what I call Hey asshole profiles, which is like, get away. Yeah. All right. Hey asshole. Don't write to me if you're you this. Don't write. write to me if that. Don't be a mama's boy. Don't live in your car. Have a job. What's wrong with you guys? <laughs> I'm a happy, beautiful woman looking for <laughs> like, we never get that far. <laughs> it's like, I want to love my life. Prince charming. Well, hold on. You just got rid of all the good guys in the first three
1: sentences. Totally.
0: Yeah. Huh? So what about hacking when you're actually on a date or in person or seeing somebody or meeting somebody? Oh yeah. So.
1: But wait, can I step back yeah, before you ask it. that question? Because you, because we talked about Amy, and I think this is. Re- I thought. She, oh, Amy Webb. Abby Webb. We haven't
2: mentioned her here yet.
1: No, we haven't mentioned her here. But let's. Why don't yeah. we? Why don't we mention Amy Webb? Because before you talk language, That's high level hacking. High level, <laughs> extremely high level hacking on a dating site, but yeah. profound. Oh. And I want you to talk about. And she understands Amy Webb. math. Yeah. She understands math, which makes a huge difference. But she really understood a lot of um, just. Minor details about behavior of men Once she finally went on a million different dates. But do you want to? Yeah, well,
2: she did. You have to watch the TED Talk, the Amy Webb okay. TED Talk. Um, she really goes in detail. She did a... She couldn't really get dates. I don't think she didn't do very well. In Philadelphia. On, you know, she's also in Philadelphia. Philadelphia, which like, was like... like, like who, point.
1: Yeah. She was like, there were actually five men that I could have gone on a date with, yeah. given my stats on the number of men that I could have dated based on what I wanted to see and date in Philadelphia.
0: Right. Oh, this is the woman who did the whole analytical approach. Yeah. Super <laughs> analytical. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. not everyone's going to do that. No.
2: Yeah.
1: No, we're not, right. But for the purposes of,
2: all right. So what do we want to mention about this? Everyone should go watch that. Okay. If you want just... to see a super nerd, like yeah. really hack, like how to narrow down the kind of person
0: she wants, you just watch it. But didn't it I just come more... down to luck anyway? No? no, I thought that no. that was my takeaway at the end. Like she did all that, and that that helped. But Not meeting that all. right person- and then, her next door neighbor. Yeah. Was, no, <laughs> no, I think it's part of it. Look, look, look. Luck is always, you know, what does
2: what does Oprah say about luck? Deep Preparation mission. meets opportunity. Opportunity, opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. right? There is always some luck, and it's, it's certainly true in Hollywood. Yes. I've been in Hollywood for a long time. You know, yes. I got I was writing animation. Then I heard this amazing story about this community who fought, fought off neo-Nazis, and I, I called them. There's there's the preparation. I called the chief of police in Montana, and I, I, I called my agent. And I said, this is an amazing story. Let's go try to sell it. So we walked into USA Network, and I pitched it, and they're like, yes. I'm like, well, oh, that was easy. What happened? And they go, oh, we're looking, for, this is, we're looking for an erase the hate week movie. That was luck. Total luck. You know, you happen to walk into the office that day. Right. Um, so luck is always part of it.
0: But, okay. So yeah, is there Amy more we Webb. want to say on this or are we going to the No, hacks? watch the TED Talk. Okay. So in-person hacks.
2: Oh, man. Um, so many. So for men <laughs> or for women. I'll, t- I'll tell you a few for, for women and I'll talk about men. All right. Um, we think you're sexy. Men like women's bodies. Don't put yourself down. This is something that they think they're protecting themselves. So I went on a lot of dates over the 15 years. Right. Where I was single. And so there was one woman who I was so excited about meeting. She was like Harvard. She was a psychologist. She was beautiful. She was just great. She was great in every possible way. And we go to date, we sit down at dinner. And she points to her breasts, and she goes, I don't know why we're talking about breasts so much, by the way. I don't even like breasts that much. They don't do much. And so. <laughs> Big lumps goes, of fat. Their lumps are fat. They're yeah. nice. But, you know. It's like Vegas. Like, it looks really exciting as you're getting close. And you <laughs> get there and it's like, what are you really going to do? You eat. There's nothing <laughs> <So, right. laughs> here. I always feel that way about Vegas, Breasts. Right, right? now, okay. You push, squeeze. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. She points so to her, she breast her breasts. And she goes, ugh. The breast fairy just never visited me. And I'm like, I didn't even notice that. I thought you're cute. And suddenly she's putting her body down. Yeah. So don't point out what's bad about Let guys figure that out. We don't really care. You know, you're soft and you smell good. It's good. We're all good. Um, I noticed that women do that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had a guy say to me the other day, he, he's just tearing his hair out. And this is a good looking guy who's on TV and all this kind of stuff. And he goes, what is it about women? I go, what do you mean? He goes, he goes, you make one mistake, you say one thing, and you're out. They like. They take you to task for it on that first date. And it's interesting. There's a book by my friend Lori Gottlieb called Marry Him, The Case for Mr. Good Enough. I've read that. Great book, right? Fascinating read. And so she was a hot young thing in Hollywood in her 20s and 30s with all her hot young cool friends with cool Hollywood jobs. And if a guy like had patches on his... Uh, elbows or if his socks didn't match or if he used the word fabuloso which is my favorite one <laughs> or if if his shirt was from you know old navy or whatever <laughs> it was they were like no 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 ha 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 no 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 right and then she's forty and all her friends are married to these great guys who say fabuloso and have mat don't matching socks but they're great husbands and fathers. Right. Yeah. And so she missed out. And so one thing I would say is like don't get caught up in what I said before about outer characteristics. Really search for character because anyone whose parents are still together or has seen a long-term relationship, it's character that keeps you together. Right. It's that trust in each other. So be careful about that external bullshit stuff, hmm. especially for women. For men, where do I start? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's I forgot the study, so I'll make up the statistic. Men <laughs> men start sentences 87% <laughs> with the word I more than women do. Yeah. Ooh, I forget uh, the statistic, but it was a huge... Men will go I, I, I. So women will say something like, I'll say, like, I'll be the guy. So I'll go, hey, where'd you go? Alabama. I was in Alabama when blah, 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 blah. And I read this book and I would this and I had a job. Oh, really? You didn't even listen to what I said. You immediately jumped into I, I, I.
0: That's weird because I've had that experience with women. Women doing the same thing. Yeah. You're saying they just do it less? No, I mean,
1: what? well,
2: first of all, we're in a big city. Yeah. They might have been masculinized in some ways. Uh-huh. I think men do it a lot more generally. Uh huh. We're in a city, so things are, you know, LA and New York are a little different. Okay. We are different, and uh, San Francisco, which is different than the rest of the country. Right. I gotta say. Um, That's one thing. Um, So, and it's funny, it's like, almost like being a psychologist, it's called deepening questions. Mm -hmm. So ask deeper questions. They say something and ask a further question. That kind of, that's a, that's like a big one that women complain about. Guys will just come in and start talking about themselves. Mm. Because... Okay, another speech. So this has to do with fish in Minnesota. So I was once flying from Minnesota to here for some reason, and I was sitting next to an attractive young lady, and she was a nurse, and she found out what I did, and she goes, oh, my God, I have to ask you a question. I go, what? She goes, why do men always post pictures of themselves holding a fish? And I'm like, on online dating sites. And I'm like, well, I didn't know that was an issue. Let me see. And so she showed me her Minneapolis, whatever, dating site sure enough on com. all these guys are holding a big fish so I, well it's a different culture right. so so what are, they, what are they doing they're actually saying look at me I conquered I can get resources not so much I conquered but I can, can bring get resources, you resources right? right which is what which is what men traditionally need to provide in order to get the woman
0: right mm-hmm. so what was the question yeah. Uh, you're talking about hacks for men. I don't know where this was going. No,
2: so oh, what was it? Uh, fish. fish. Oh, men are men are men naturally. And again, it doesn't mean we're bad or stupid or well,
0: we are, but it doesn't mean
2: we're bad or stupid, but men will often on dates try to show off their resources. Uh, it's yeah. a natural
0: thing to do. Peacocking.
2: Pe- uh, peacocking. Um, or yeah, bragging or in some ways, so, look at me. I have value in the world. Right. I have status in the world. Right. There are ways of doing that without having to show off, which just has to do with your attitude and your, your, um, lack of need to be validated by the other person. Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's a much more powerful frame. Yeah. So it's funny, and so I tell men I have a lot of stuff for men. So
1: how would you reframe it for someone who was like, "Look, I, you know, I feel like all I do is, is is somehow try and place myself as having some value, but I really don't know how to do that, right. Other than to peacock a little bit." That's such an obvious question, but I'm curious what you would say to someone who is like, "I feel right. like I constantly get reprimanded for being for a bit being of a false. show off, for yeah, being a little." Right. False. Well, I'm saying
2: you can – so what, what women look for generally yeah. and, and viscerally and deeply is a man who has natural high status, right? Who can bring resources. It's, it's a normal thing. But a person who has natural high status doesn't depend on other people for validation. So if he seems needy in his peacocking, if he's looking for attention, then that's the negative. Right. So you want to come in and just be good about yourself. So as it happens, all my programs – for dating, start out with having men especially, women also, do a, um, an inventory of their good qualities. Mm-hmm. Because you're a woman, right? Yeah. You're a good woman. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a woman, when you like a guy, it's not because he's driving the Maserati. It's because he's sweet. Because he's going to treat you well. He's going to protect you. He's got that sweet side. And men forget that the fact that they're good to their mother or they're a good uncle is actually sexier than the car they drive oh, or that totally. they've dived in 27 countries. Right. You know, great story. So on my first date with my fiance, still getting used to that. Um, on my first date, she was she she looked me up online and she had her doubts because I had my player period, and um, and and she was like catching me on you know she was like she was like watching watching watching, and then the phone rang and it was my son. I said I have to take this. It's my son. And I wouldn't take any other call, but you, know, you never know. So I pick up, and I said, "Yeah, the giant inflatable penguins under the house by the thing." And I hung up, and she looks at me and she goes you have a giant inflatable penguin. I'm like, oh yeah, we live out in the, you know, out in the hills, uh, out here in LA and it's very dark at night and they were having a little party and you can't find our house cause there's no street lighting. Oh. So we have this giant inflatable penguin <laughs> that we bought at Home Depot. And that was, she said that was the moment when she actually but liked me. the tipping point. She liked yeah. the fact wow. that we had a giant. It's, so, it's like, it's something sweet, goofy, fun. It's not that I've, you know, gone scuba diving or anything like that. Right. Cause I'm human and that's I have a great. sweet relationship with my kids, you know? That's awesome. So guys, you know, a big hack for guys is stop relying on, stop listening to these guys saying you have to be the alpha male. You know, that's very, Chris, Chris Ryan talks about this, uh, who wrote Sex at Dawn. We don't, women really aren't that attracted to the alpha. When they're yeah. 20 to 25 maybe yeah. and going to Vegas a lot. Sure. It's fun. It's sexy. But those guys are not good husbands and not good companions.
0: Right. Yeah. So do you find yourself talking about this in a business context to people like relating the dating lessons to the, like, marketing sales those kind of things yeah absolutely
2: uh, there's and it's a, it's a touchy subject and I've explored it a little bit and our friend Ken has asked me to speak on yeah. the relationship between seduction and marketing because mm-hmm. there is some there's, there's, there's a lot of overlap you know know your know your market right right Join the conversation she's already having.
1: Speak the same language. R- mer- match mirror match and mirror. mirror language, Absolutely.
2: Right? Match and mirror, all that good stuff. Listen to your customer, provide value, give them the experience of already having, you know, like so you like in a use, like here's a great example. And this is a great little hack for guys, okay? So um when you go to use car when you go to a car not a used car lot, you go to a you buy a car, right? Do they describe the engine and all that? No, they put you in the seat of the car, and and you drive around going, hey, this smells Mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. I look pretty good in this car, right? I can imagine this, right? Yeah. So for men, I call it the instant we. So it's the same thing. You treat her on a first date as if you're already a couple. Mm -hmm. So I would do things, and I I really express, I love this. I'm a researcher by by nature. So I would lean over, and I'd cut their meat. Or (laughs) she would lean over, and I'd push her hair behind her ear. These little things, as if you're already a couple.
0: That yeah. didn't creep her out at all. I was gonna no, say that sound it, the, no. the hair thing sounds a little creepy. Oh the, no, the,
1: it depends. Depends on how it's done. The cutting of my meat, I think I might get a bit. Let me have
2: you kind of thing. Or you know, just like you act like as if you're already a couple. Um, also, and this this a lot of the stuff I discovered not because I'm calculating and brilliant, but because I've been a dad. So for example, my I had two little boys who, who were running all over the place all the time. So I spent half the, those ten years like with my hands over my crotch because one of them might run into it. So whenever I'm outside, I always have a hand on them, very protective, and I'm very conscious of the space of where they are and where they're moving, yeah, because cars and such. So when I'm with a woman, naturally, because I had a protective and guys, if you're single, listen to this, because this, this is happen chance, because I have a natural protective tendency, I was that way with women. So any 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 um, passage passage onto a curb, onto a staircase, through a doorway, obviously, uh-huh. right? The reason men open door is not some like crazy thing. It's because you're entering a new space and you're kind of like ushering. moving her, ushering her, you're taking responsibility. Yeah. Well it's the same with curbs. It's the same with stairways. It's the same if you see some big dog or big guy coming at you, you know, you move your body around on the other side. Women always appreciate that. You don't make a big deal out of it, but your little hand on the lower back, you know, and on the elbow help them through. Some women may resent it, you know, some women who are like super independent. Most women really love that. You know, we're still bigger than that, most of us. <laughs> some <laughs> of us. <laughs> some big girls. <laughs> some small guys. But, you know, women do look to men for bodily protection. Sure. Yeah. Little little hacks like that. Nice. Yeah. Create some security, safety. Awesome. If, if, if a woman, I always say to guys, if a woman doesn't feel with you safe. Yeah. Sexy. Um, feminine. And there's another one. Safe. Sexy. Um, What's the other S? There's another S. Okay. Seduce. I, I, I heard something about silence. Something will, something will be wrong.
0: It'll come to you. So I, this tension between feeling safety and excitement. And and that's a huge like one. Two, if you get those two, then it's like that's Esther super really seductive.
2: Is it's Esther Perrill. You know Esther yeah. Perrill? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she wrote a book called Mating in Captivity. Uh-huh. She's awesome. Yeah. Have you met her? Yeah, she's a friend of mine. Are you know her? Yeah. You know everybody. <laughs> Have you slept with her? No. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> She's amazing. She's a Harvard professor, right? Yeah. Harvard professor. So. Um, and she talks about, you know, Eros. Uh-huh. And, uh, and there's, a, there's a natural conflict, obviously, between getting super cozy and best friends with your, your woman or your man mm-hmm. and losing that sex drive right. because, you know, she says Eros lives in the gap. And if there's no gap, then there's, mm. no, there's no spark. You know, so you have to create a gap between the two of you. So like a great a example. Space. Yeah. You have to create some space between the two of you. Um, this happened definitely in my first marriage. We did everything together. We shopped together. Uh, we brought uh, the kids together. Just killed the romance. I later. was a writer at home. Thing. Oh yeah, there was just like nothing, mm. <laughs> and because um, and there was no space. I, this is was, was like another lifetime ago. It seems yeah. like, but I didn't do anything for myself. I wasn't really self developing. I wasn't. You know, I was home and I was a writer, so I was at home literally all the time. Um, yeah, there's a there's a natural tendency toward you want safety. But you want excitement. This is life in general. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's a it's a dance. Yeah. And it takes a lot of self-awareness. And especially what I was saying before, we're growing at such different paces now. The call for self-awareness is, is to me, this is the call of our age because you have to be because there's so much input, yes. right? There's so much input and there's so much going on inside of us. I can say for me, certainly all okay. the time, that you really have to be aware of what's happening mm-hmm. internally on a, on a very high level. Can I give you an example? Go mm-hmm. for it. All right, so the other night... Um, we went out with Australians, which is always the beginning of a great story. right? And so we came rolling in around three or four. Of them, and we haven't done this for a long time. And she was a little drunk. And I was a little drunk. And she goes, you know, I'm going to smoke a cigarette because it grounds me when I'm drunk. We've been together four years. I've never seen a touch of a cigarette.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, I believe those posters we had in elementary school that said cigarettes are glamorous. And they had some old guy with no teeth. Right? Remember <laughs> right, those? Right, Remember? Right, right, totally. I believe those. I, yeah. I hate cigarettes. I think it's disgusting. And to me... Personally, it shows an incredible lack of self-love to smoke a cigarette. Mm-hmm. It's just, I just don't even get it. It's, yeah. you know, it's not because I just don't get it. I never got it. It's like, it would be like, like piercing my penis. You know, like people who do that, like, why would you do that? I spend most of my life preventing that. Like, Why would I volunteer <laughs> to do that? So I have a thing about cigarettes, right? Yeah. And so um, she went and smoked a cigarette. It grounded her a little bit. And she says, come hug me. And I'm like, no. no. And then I was like, wow, I'm actually being mean to her. And I had ne- I've never been mean to her mm. in four years. And I was like, that's as mean as it got, by the way. I was like, I'm tired. And I didn't roll over, and I didn't roll over. And then I was thinking about it, and partly because I was you know, a little inebriated. But there was a, this is what I mean about self-awareness. It struck me that I had this image of her as someone who is, you know, I don't want to say pure, right? But clean and wise and smart and self-loving and healthy and good and there's a little of that Virgin Mary thing going on, yeah. you know, and it ruined my, I didn't want to associate cigarettes with her. Yeah. So I rolled over and I said, you know what, I owe an apology. I said, because I've been running this image of you, you know, I couldn't just allow you to do that, you know. So that's something I about self-awareness, to be able to really watch your um, internal triggers mm-hmm. and, and to um, bring them to awareness before you actually act on them.
0: Yeah. But part of you wasn't thinking it's it's a when in Rome thing. I'm hanging out with these people. She's gonna do it once, she's not gonna do it again, like that kind of feeling. I have such a visceral
2: yeah. dislike. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm actually vomiting. They can't see it. You can see that. <laughs> right? I do it very quietly. The quiet vomit.
1: But can I, I still want you to go back to this this like this fine line between excitement and security. Because yeah. now you're we're well past Dating stage, where, you know, I'm talking about we? marriage. You, and me? you oh, not me, you. oh, me. oh I'm using the language know. of we. Right? Oh right, isn't that? Isn't that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. The in, I call it the instant we.
1: Isn't that the instant we? So mm-hmm. I'm talking about how do you, how does a marriage stay both exciting and I, it's, and I'm, I'm saying that from the place of a having been engaged mm-hmm. for a very long time, okay, uh, in a reasonably, in, in a relationship that's like six, seven months, okay. And I'm already, I already feel like I've developed tremendously since my last, Sure. I mean, tremendously. And it's all I think about, which is how do you keep the security in this relationship and the excitement? Because I was in a relationship that died after seven years, you know, just really died. And I'm curious how you would, what are some of the hacks? What well, would ask you, me in four years. I'll ask you in four, <laughs> years. four years. I mean, it's
2: interesting. No, we're just going into this. And it's def, you know, it's definitely an issue. So we 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 talk about what we want out of our lives, right? Um, I think there is a couple differences. I think when I first got single, when I was young, thirty nine, mm-hmm. um, I was looking for someone to fill in a part of me that wasn't developed,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know. And I think at this point in my life, I I am not doing that anymore. So I don't put that burden on the other. This is one of the few advantages of getting older. Mm -hmm. I'm not putting that burden on her. We don't put a burden on each other to be anything to fill in for us. Right. We're there for each other. Right. So it's a great question. Again, we'll ask in four years, but I have three, I have a three step process. Yes. So this is my three step process. And this is kind of the work I'm doing now. I'm teaching a, uh, a weekend retreat called the love accelerator course, uh, at the end of April. And it's based on what I've been doing the last couple of years, three steps. So they all have to do with being inspired. So, I say, why settle for commitment Mm -hmm. when you can get devotion? It's a much different, and I can talk about this for an hour, like... Like women like the word commitment. Have you ever met a
0: man who Have, says I'm looking for a commitment? You, I, <laughs> I did a blog post on this. If you look at the definition of commitment, right, right. It's everything about <laughs> committing people to prison and insane asylums. That's right. like the root of it. Yeah. Yeah. Devotion is a much Devotion word. is what we, we like, actually want. It's got love in it. Yeah. And,
2: and you, you know, you can attract somebody. Why? And I'll say, why settle for attraction? Which is what most people look for. How do I attract women? How do we attract mm. women? Right. Screw that. How about inspire a man and inspire a woman? And this to me is the answer to your question. So there's three sort of elements to this. And I've spoken about this recently and I may write a whole book about it. But there's three parts. One is, um, and and this is how you keep a long-term relationship, that's exciting. One is you have to live an inspired life. You have to. You mm-hmm. have to access that part of you that's unique and alive and lit up yes. and happy. Yes, right. Otherwise, you're going to blame the other person. We all know that. Yeah, totally. we all know. We all been through it. We all done mm-hmm. it. <laughs> uh, done. So you have to light yourself up. You can't. You can't depend on your partner. So you have to live an inspired life. Yep. Number two, you have to, and I really believe this. You have to learn to um, be inspired with your partner. So what does that mean? It means, and, and there's something I'm doing called Love PhD coming up. It's not out yet, but it really means learning the skills of being in an intimate relationship. Mm -hmm. Whether it's how to handle your triggers, how to handle personality types, how to handle communication techniques, um, learning love languages. It's the skill. It's like getting a degree in Mm -hmm. being in a relationship so that whatever conversation you have, the other person comes out going, God, my, my boyfriend really fucking inspires me. Like we went in, I was really mad at him and I came out and... I don't know what he did, but I love him even more. Like, that's what you want. You want to have those skills. And those are just skills. It, you're not a bad person or good person. You just either have the skills mm-hmm. of how to handle, how to navigate each other, or you don't, right? Mm-hmm. So be inspired in your life. Be inspired with your partner. And then here's the the, the the golden syrup, yeah, honey, maple, whatever, you know, marshmallow on top is be inspired for your partner. Right. In his or her narrative, not your narrative for them. Yep. And that's the golden ticket. Um, and in order to do that, you have to really be uh, comfortable and happy with yourself. Mm-hmm. So that you can actually be a support of your partner's self-expression.
0: So one of many of your lives, you were doing marketing and business partner with David Data. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, how, how much has that impacted you with all this? A lot. Yeah. So people. He's
2: powerful. He is. I mean, th- he's... He's a little bit mono-dimensional for me, but David Data is. If people don't know, he wrote a book called The Way of the Superior Man. He wrote um, Finding God Through Sex. Mm -hmm. He wrote uh, intimate and a lot of books on intimacy. And his whole bag is the masculine-feminine polarity, Mm -hmm. like um, you know. And and he he really is an answer to the feminized man of the '70s and '80s that he came up with. He's about my age. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was you had you know he calls first stage, second stage, third stage. Men or women. So the first stage is my way or the highway for men, mm-hmm. and the women are like, I'll, I'll, I'll fuck you and I'll feed you, and you take care of me. That's first stage, 1950s. Second stage in his, in his structure is um, women's liberation. Now we're equal, right? Well, it's fine, and it, and it's great for business and everything, and it's and it's correct, and it's a good evolutionary movement. But what happens is, um, it becomes desexualized, and the relationships become mm. desexualized because the masculine and feminine roles have gotten uh, evened out yeah and he talks about sexual polarity like Mm -hmm. a battery you need a positive and negative to create energy if you have two in the middle between there's no energy Mm -hmm. yeah so someone's got to polarize into the masculine and someone's got to polarize into the feminine and you can play that you can play that whole spectrum Mm -hmm. you can play the woman becomes super masculine and the guy stays at home and takes care that's fine as long as there's energy to that, Mm -hmm. as long as you're both cool with it, right? right? Usually it's the other way around, but, and you can, and Mm -hmm. you can play within a relationship and change roles. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of fun sexually. And then the third stage is what he talks about is how to have that, again, coming back to self-awareness so that you can in an instant polarize each other Uh into sexuality. So maybe she's a high, you know, high earning lawyer and he's a high earning lawyer and they come home and then you have like, um, house of cards, you know, right. There's not a lot of sex between them. Yeah because they're both kind of high-powered. That's yeah. a little weird example. Except you should see... I've seen it. I've oh, seen it. Yeah, I've okay. seen it. But, it. but sex was used as a subset of power, power in those scenes. Yeah. right. It wasn't actually intimacy. Not at all. Right. Right. She, she, excuse my language, she fucked him back into his power. Right. And then he didn't return the favor. He didn't return the favor. I'm not giving away anything, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, so David Data talks about sexual polarity. That's his thing, which is really good. Yeah. Um, You know, for my... For, mm, I don't want... never want to underestimate him, because he's super smart, and in person... Um, he doesn't come off as stentorian as his prose his prose is really commanding yeah, yeah. um but in fact he's much more subtle than his prose but yeah right. it had a huge impact on me
0: yeah totally um, so uh, what what do you think about this i i'm i'm seeing a trend and I, I am not arguing for this mind you okay <laughs> meaning just, he's arguing for it. So well, yeah. i don't mean to I be mean, racist not- <laughs> but yeah. I, I, it, it intrigues... i love that to not- <laughs> We're on to you, (laughs) Richmond. I I will admit it really intrigues me, but I just don't see how it works. Is Mm. it seems like there's really a trend of people going towards open relationships. Like are you seeing that more and more? Well, we're in California. Sure. Okay. So and we go to Burning Man.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So um I think I think it's likely. I you know. I actually, there's a book I haven't written yet called The Lease Option Marriage.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, what? which is like, do you take this woman to be your <laughs> wife for one year with an option to renew if she doesn't <laughs> yeah, put on 20 pounds and she's not mean to you? Blah, is blah, this blah, a blah. joke book? No, no it's, it's for real. <laughs> I, I, I say it in a funny way, it's, but, but it's it sounds like, pretty. Because we're doing that anyway. Yeah. And, and getting back to economic determinism, economic forms structuring social forms, yes. um, we're in a lease option culture. So that's how we are anyway. We just haven't, you know, we're afraid to because marriage is sacred, you know? And it is. There's something right. sacred about it, about, about being with another human being through thick and thin. There is something beautiful and irreplaceable about that. But I think, yeah, I mean, in California, certainly all our <laughs> friends are in open <laughs> relationships. And, and, and to tell you the truth, most of them are a mess. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. And and it's not it's not putting them down. I just I don't think the culture's caught up to it. I think I think that is a tendency. I think that will be a tendency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm very curious to see what quote unquote marriage will look like in 100.
1: So years you think they're a mess because because the rest of culture hasn't caught up to them, or you think they're a mess because they're a mess on their own?
2: I think probably a little bit of both. All right. Okay. It's, <laughs> I haven't done an analysis, but it's just a mess. Okay. Uh, and also self-deluded. I mean, in a lot of ways. Right. Well,
1: because they because they are
2: kind of edge walkers you yeah. know and so they see themselves as like these exciting people and then they. but you don't think they're
1: they ha- self-actualized enough to do it well they're they're more than
2: most but what, what i want to say is that what happens is th- they think they're above pain and they're not yet right <laughs> that's the thing is that there's, there's a lot of pain involved and and you think you can handle it and then you get there and
1: it's like and it's gulp. extremely painful right really right. painful
2: i've just seen that that's just anecdotal i haven't done a whole study of it or sure
1: anything. that's
0: fair yeah yeah um, I mean it seems like they're valuing that excitement and charge and it just comes at a pretty significant cost sometimes.
2: Yeah. And the truth is if you look at Ashley Madison's numbers, Ashley Madison is the hook, is the hookup for married people site. Mm-hmm. Although I imagine it's, a, it's the hookup and I think it's probably an escort I don't I don't even know. I've never mm-hmm. been on it. But um it's happening anyway. Mm-hmm. People go find their sex elsewhere. Which is pretty normal actually in human history. So Right. If you read Sex at Dawn, you see that monogamy is is a uh, is an aberration. Hmm. You know, monogamish is the next. Monogamish. That's the next stage. How right. would you define monogamish? Monogamish is you have one partner and then no, and then you have a dalliance.
1: You know, yeah. Lot. And it's a known dalliance, or it's just it a dalliance undiscussed? It depends. Yeah. It, depends. Yeah. it depends. It
2: depends. I mean, I think it goes. But I think people do have sex with other people more than well, certainly that I knew when I was married. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on out there. But, you know, I've been, since I've, you know, gotten single and sort of been in different worlds around, in different cities around the world, you, I, 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 another book I haven't written is called The Prostitute Economy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would be amazed at how much escorts and prostitutes and sex gifts run in high levels of society. You may not be amazed.
1: No, I'm not amazed.
2: I lived yeah. in D.C. Okay, yeah. <laughs> a, yeah, Right. <laughs>
1: I'm not amazed.
2: So, and the other thing is this: look, I mean, you know, it takes a village, right? So, in the old days, which is you know the first hundred ninety-eight thousand years of human history, hundred ninety-eight, hundred ninety-nine point five, assuming we're hundred ninety-nine point nine, considering we're two hundred thousand. Um, when you had, and I can say this: when you have a child, or you have a wife or husband, you have aunts, you have uncles, you have grandparents, you have cousins, and you and you, everyone's helping. Mm-hmm. Now we, for example, my, my ex-wife and I, we came out here to go to grad school, and there was just two of us. And then we had kids, and we had no family, mm. right? And you and you look at your partner. And they're supposed to be, be everything. everything. Right. They're supposed to be, you know, this incredible sex goddess and tantric, amazing person in bed and a gourmet cook and emotionally stable and emotionally deep who can like handle any discussion with you. And at the same time, have this amazing career and at the same time, keep a house and, and be everything for you. Who can do that? <laughs> who can do that for anybody? And and to put all that burden on one person is is cruel. Number one, and and it's unnatural. It's never been done in human culture, and and so people. Well, and it's
1: placing them out to fail. Yes, it's it's placing placing them in a place where they will fail.
2: Right, which is why the number one thing you got to do is not place your happiness on your
0: partner. It's
1: just so the dream. I gotta admit, like I that's like my checklist
0: right there. You know, (laughs) I mean, I guess I'm not. I think that the the, the curiosity I have now about it is, I get it. I get It's ridiculous. It's still in my head like that, but. like to me, it's it, I gotta figure out what the priority is. Yeah, you know, because I think if you get the priority right, then you can start saying, okay, I, I can drop this one. Yeah, um, and I think that's that's my next thing to figure out.
2: There's yeah, you, you but pick I've mentioned
1: this a million field. times, which yeah. is still my favorite, um, my favorite piece that uh, Dan Savage always talks about. Which love is yeah, I love Dan Savage, but is the price of admission
2: right? Right, you pay the price of admission.
1: What is your price of admission? Right. You know, uh-huh, is it yeah. that they leave their mayonnaise on the counter in a hot sunny day. First whatever, of all, but if they eat
2: mayonnaise out. That's with cigarettes. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, okay. exactly. Well exactly like my, my girl whatever, she doesn't it. she doesn't snowboard. I love snowboarding. And right. I had this dream and I've had girlfriends. <laughs> we'd go off and we'd have the most amazing vacations right. and all right. that kind of stuff. So she'll come, I'll snowboard, she can do whatever she wants. Right. I'm happy. You know, we still have dinner and fireplace and all that kind of stuff. You
1: have people, you can snowboard with. I have sounds like
0: a real first world problem there.
2: Oh yeah, she only
0: hangs
1: (laughs) out by the spa. And Aspen, she's only by the spa.
2: I mean, she won't do black diamonds. That's the price of admission. She won't do black diamonds. (laughs) God damn. You don't go back... Oh, get away from me. It's like, you, it's like an STD. It's like,
1: no, it's true. She smokes one cigarette in our entire marriage, pre-marriage, and she doesn't have five diamonds. You're out. <laughs> give me the ring.
2: <laughs> no, you have to pick out what's important. And, and, I'll, and I'll be super vulnerable here. Um, yeah. One of the things that's really important to me is trust Yeah, for various reasons. Of course. How I grew up. Well, no, even more so. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I... It, I this, this, is, this is the finest human being I've known in my life who has the clearest boundaries and is the most trustworthy. And she's also a, I, I call her La Fontana. She's a fountain of love. I mean, she, she lives love. Um, and, and that's how she operates in the world. And she pours love out naturally and of course it all gooey gets all over me too. And I happen to have an infinite capacity to receive love. And she has an infinite capacity <laughs> to, to give, give love. Up. So I can do it without the snowboarding. It what works it works charge. for me. Yeah, it, it works for me because that's actually my deepest probably emotional need. Yeah.
0: Is to is to really feel Got loved. It. Yeah. So you're leasing to own. <laughs> no, I'm I'm buying. You're, I'm, to, you're, you're buying. I bought. Oh, yeah. you bought. Yeah, but
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um. Are there well, any because no, no payment we plan. Well, also, here's the other thing, guys. I'm in my fifties.
0: Somehow yeah. that happened, and so.
2: so life looks very different when yeah. you're in your fifties. Like you know, I've done Got it.
0: like another ten years left. Yeah. yeah, if that. Right. Right.
2: And so and so, you know, like I've had my adventures. I've done pretty everything except Eskimo. I have never met an Eskimo girl. Mm. So I've, I've, you know, I've lived, I've lived all that stuff and it was super, super fun and I could keep doing it, but it's like a narrative, you know, and then, and then, and then is really boring. Right. You know, you want to get at some point, you want to get into a narrative that develops.
0: Totally. Yeah.
2: And so there's, there's a different, there's a, di- this, there's like a sweeter kind yeah. of stage of life to quote Kingsley Amos. It hasn't happened yet. Kingsley Amos who's a great. English writer said so that when he turned 50 it was like he had been he realized he'd been chained to a maniac for 35 oh. years. <laughs> so that begins to quell a little and you start to see things a little differently. <laughs> yeah.
0: On that note, we're going to wrap up this podcast so, uh, and where do people find out about you?
2: Oh, uh adamgilad.com. Uh, G I L A D. G I L A D adamgilad.com. Um you can get on my newsletter there. Uh dailydater.com is my new company it's developed with a couple of partners where we're creating a um, authority site mm-hmm. For people who actually Know what they're talking about Around dating It's not Buzzfeed Here's 10 things Your man has to have you know, it's like, <laughs> There's so much Bull crap Floating around the internet uh-huh. Really dumb Articles So we've co- Sort of collecting All the experts in the world Who actually I think Who know what they're talking about mm-hmm. So Um,
0: Yeah
2: com is a good place AdamGlad today On Facebook
0: Awesome Sounds good Jill you want people Like following you On Twitter or something
1: I do you can follow me At Richmond Jill on Twitter, and you and I will send you next week. I'll send you all of my handles. How about that? Are you okay. related?
0: No, she's Richmond. No. Oh, that's so funny. I'm but I'm
1: convinced yeah. that there is a familial. <laughs> there's a familial tie if because I love Richmond. Because that was what we were. We were Richmonds before we were Richmonds. Oh, that's why I'm saying it. we changed oh. our name. Oh,
0: were you also Reichman in Russia?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Ah, see, see what I'm see. saying? We're cousins. Total mm. cousins.
1: Reichman. Wow. There you go. Okay, we're going to wrap this up, head to our weekend. Thanks,
0: everybody. And hey, if I can ask you guys, please go to iTunes, rate us on a five star there, please, so that we can uh, get some some more ratings for the podcast. And you can sign up for updates at culturehackers.com. See you next week, guys.
1: See you next week. Bye.